Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. And of course, that's a favorite Christmas carol we've been hearing this Christmas season. Joy to the World from John Rutter's Christmas album featuring the Cambridge Singers. We'll share more of this album with you in a moment. Every year, dictionaries put out their word of the year. I'm not really sure how they come up with their words, but they do it nonetheless. Some words don't resonate with me, like the Cambridge Dictionary that chose the word hallucinate. What's that about? I can understand a little more the Collins Dictionary word for the year, AI, meaning artificial intelligence. But the word of the year that perked my ears heading into Christmas comes from Merriam-Webster. They chose the word authentic. We're living when every day is more made up and unreal than ever. Truth used to be a word we took seriously. Pictures are doctored, videos are faked, and with AI, one can disguise oneself as skinny or obese, handsome or ugly, authentic, something we need to be. And there's no greater authenticity of authentic than Christmas, leading us to stand tall in truth, to lift our hands in praise, to raise our voices in song, Christ our King. I'm Charles Morris, and here we are at Christmas time again. And we're launching a new series today called Let Earth Receive Her King. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been seeing how the Old Testament was proclaiming the kingdom of God and pointing us to the coming King, Jesus Christ. And this week, we're going to look at what the New Testament has to say about the King of Kings. The human dynasty of the House of David lasted 412 years. For centuries before and even during the House of David, God's people longed for a king who would not just rule, but would rule fairly and lead in a way they could be proud of. But more than that, a leader who would serve the Lord and then serve his people. David's house was a memory when the New Testament opens, when in early Matthew we are told by John the Baptist proclaiming, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For the promise had been given that there would be a second David in the lineage of the first, would come and set his people free. The New Testament also refers to the kingdom of God, which can refer to after the resurrection of the dead, when God rules without opposition. It's a prayer we pray as Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This is a program that's part of a series this week called Let Earth Receive Her King. On the one hand, God's kingdom is invisible. Saving faith in Jesus Christ cannot be seen by natural eyes, just like we can't see into the hearts of others. We may see signs that the weather is changing, but the rule of God by grace through faith takes place inside a person. On the other hand, believers live in this world and occupy space just like unbelievers. And in this sense, God's kingdom is plainly visible because its citizens live in this world as living signposts pointing to Jesus Christ by what we say and what we do. So Christmas is important. And in a moment, we will turn to the beginning of Matthew and Luke's Gospels. There was this promise of a future king. And finally, that king did come, born as a child in the city of Bethlehem, the first King David city. The long-awaited promise of God finally coming true. For thousands of years, God had promised his people that he would send a savior. 
God promised Adam and Eve that one of their offspring would crush the head of the serpent. God promised Abraham and Sarah that one of their children would bring blessing to all nations. God promised David that one of his sons would reign on his throne forever. Many people forgot God's promises, but some still waited and longed and hoped for this king to come. They had to wait a long time. It had been 400 years since a prophet had spoken. At last, the time had come. A new beginning was about to begin. The long-awaited king was about to arrive. How would God announce this good news to the world? That's Tyler Van Haltren. He'll read more for us later from his Kingdom of God Bible storybook. I've enjoyed reading this book myself as it dives into scripture that other children's books avoid. And that gives a unique depth that I know you and the children in your life are going to appreciate. So this Christmas, give the gift of biblical knowledge that points to Jesus with the two-volume set of the Kingdom of God. Both the Old Testament and New Testament books are hardback and cloth-covered and feature beautiful illustrations, but even more, Tyler has included recap points and questions at the end of each chapter to help start spiritual conversations. After the program, come to our website at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Take a look at the illustrations there and then make your gift. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you just wanted to get the New Testament book, we have that for your gift as well. Now I think we need to hear a song that inspired our series this week. You know the line. Let Earth Receive Her King, John Rutter and the Cambridge Singers.
Joy to the World, of course, from John Rutter's Christmas album here in this haven today, Let Earth Receive Her King. I'm Charles Morris. It was many years ago I was staying at the home of longtime friends outside Toronto. They said, have you ever heard of John Rutter? I said no. And so they put on John Rutter and his Cambridge Singers. Now many years later, we had collected most of his albums, but what gets played the most in our home is what you just heard from his Christmas album. Want something for your home this Christmas that you'll want to hear over and over again, like Janet and me? John Rutter's Christmas album is what I suggest. We have plenty in our warehouse, and if you call us today, we can send it right away. Listen to samples and make your Christmas gift at haventoday.org or call us at 800-65-HAVEN. Today, we're thinking about the world receiving her king. And I want you to hear the rest of the story that we started earlier from the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. An angel named Gabriel appeared and spoke to a young woman who lived in Nazareth. Fear not, Mary, you will have a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign forever over the house of Jacob. Of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary was amazed. She sang out, My soul magnifies the Lord. He has helped his servant Israel. God has remembered his mercy, as he promised to Abraham and his offspring forever. Just as Gabriel promised, this baby began to grow in Mary's womb. This was no ordinary child. He was formed by the Holy Spirit. This fulfilled a prophecy from Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and bear a son and will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. In those days, Caesar Augustus was the emperor of Rome and the world's most powerful ruler. Caesar reigned over many nations, including Israel, and he wanted to know just how great his kingdom was. Caesar commanded everyone to register their family in their hometowns. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, who was from the little town of Bethlehem. Mary was nearly ready to have her baby, but they had to make the long journey to Joseph's hometown in order to obey Caesar's decree. Even though this seemed like bad timing, God had a plan that was far greater than Caesar's plan. Bethlehem was the same town where King David was born, and many years before, God had promised that this was where the promised king would be born. Joseph and Mary arrived in Bethlehem just in time for Mary to give birth. The promised Savior was about to enter the world. This was the moment that Israel had waited thousands of years for. The streets should have been full of rejoicing and celebration. But Bethlehem's streets were full of chaos and confusion. The town was so busy that Mary and Joseph couldn't find a room where they could stay. Even in this, God had a plan. Instead of announcing the birth of Jesus to great kings and princes, God announced it to lowly shepherds. An angel of the Lord appeared to these shepherds, and they were terrified. The angel said to the shepherds, Do not fear. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The promised Savior has been born in the city of David. Suddenly, a great multitude of angels appeared and praised God by singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Where would this child be born? Not in a palace or a grand castle. He had to sleep in a manger. This highest of kings had the lowest of births. But this was no mistake. God's kingdom isn't like other kingdoms. 
God chooses to use the weak and lowly of this world to display his greatness. The shepherds hurried to meet this new king. They told Mary and Joseph everything the angels had said. When Mary and Joseph heard their story, they were filled with great joy. They knew that God was fulfilling the promises he made to Israel. Here was the child that Adam, Abraham, David, and the prophets had been waiting for. In that little stable lay the promised Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. Haven today, and let earth receive her king. Celebrating Christmas is so special to me because the king is finally with us. God's presence is made known to all the world. The birth of Jesus is the greatest expression of God's presence with his people. In the Old Testament that we talked about last week, God lived among the Israelites through the tabernacle and the temple. And now God's Son had come to dwell with humans. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. It is significant who God revealed the birth of the Christ child to first. The birth was revealed to shepherds. Even today, when I'm in Israel and drive to Bethlehem, I can't help but notice shepherds watching over their flocks, passing through the Judean hills. God could have revealed himself first to kings, princes, and powerful people of the day. But no, he announced the birth of Jesus to lowly people, the shepherds, not the unscrupulous King Herod in nearby Jerusalem, not the stuck-up and proud religious leaders living near the holy mount, He was shown first to the everyday people like you and me. Bethlehem was the place where the first King David was born. And Jesus was born there to fulfill prophecies about the promised king. Though Caesar, the emperor of the great empire of Rome, was in control of the land of Israel, God was still at work in this land. Through the birth of Jesus, we see God's covenant promises fulfilled. Jesus was the promised offspring of the woman who would crush the serpent, the offspring of Abraham, who would bless every nation of the world, and this offspring of David would reign forever. It all came to pass in Bethlehem when the angelic host appeared and made that announcement to those shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. They were invited and they came. They worshipped the Christ child lying in a manger.
The king was born on that silent night. What a story of that night, sung for us by John Rutter and the Cambridge Singers. It's a great story of how that carol was originally written in Germany by Franz Gruber. When you read the beginning of Matthew and Luke, it's so easy to skim over the genealogies recorded leading up to the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. In Matthew, it comes ahead of the angel of the Lord announcing the birth to come to Joseph and to Mary. In the first genealogy recorded by Matthew, He makes no effort to hide sinners and scandals. Instead, he highlights them. Jesus' ancestors included prostitutes, adulterers, violent men, and other sinners of all descriptions. This might surprise us, but the truth is that there were no people other than sinners to make up his human heritage. His ancestors needed a Savior just as much as we do. I think of my own ancestors— There were Christians, but also sinners who were never saved. My grandfather on one side was a primitive Baptist preacher who moved his family from the Ozarks of Missouri to Oklahoma. He preached with vigor the gospel to all who would hear when given the opportunity. As a horse doctor, he left behind his remedies, which are still kept by a cousin of mine. But as an adult, I learned another side of his life that we don't talk about. A reminder that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God apart from Jesus. My other grandfather was born in Arkansas before moving to Oklahoma. His father died early, forcing him to leave school and work on the railroad before he had even turned a teenager. He never learned to read and write. He was embarrassed by having to sign his name with a scratch. He could be mean when his children were young in the Dust Bowl days of the prairies. He was known to use a horsewhip in disciplining his sons on the farm. He was known for his temper. Yet late in life, his life was changed. He was a lowly janitor at a Baptist church in Oklahoma City. The pay was minimal, but one day the pastor sat down with him and asked if he had met Jesus who came to die for his sins. That day, sitting in a pew, all alone except for the pastor at Western Hills Baptist Church, my grandfather confessed his sins, gave up his past, his wicked ways, and was a changed man for the rest of his life to serve King Jesus. My past, though checkered with good and bad, but praise God, Christ broke through and saved so many.
That's one of my favorite Christmas carols, Candlelight Carol from the John Rutter Christmas album. And I'm Charles Morris in a program called Let Earth Receiver King. Well, I want you to know that my wife Janet and I have already begun listening to the John Rutter Christmas album. It fills our home with the hope and the joy of Christmas. This is the perfect album to play in your home this Christmas season, and that's why I'd like to send you the John Rutter Christmas album. Ah, the voices of the Cambridge singers. Don't they warm your heart and fill you with hope? Something I really enjoy about this special album is that it's divided into several sections that'll take you on a journey through Christmas. All 23 of the carols are based on scripture and point to Christ. Some of the songs are classic carols like We Heard Joy to the World and Silent Night and my favorite Candlelight Carol. But you'll also enjoy and discover other carols that might become your favorite songs of worship this Christmas time. So for your gift of support to this Christ-centered program, I want to send you the John Rutter Christmas CD. You can listen to samples from the entire album and make your gift when you go to haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And while you're there, don't forget to look at the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. We heard a reading from it a few moments ago. This is the Christmas gift you need to give the children in your life this year. It'll help them see the big picture of God's kingdom and point them to Jesus. The Kingdom of God Bible Storybook and a handsome slipcase, and it includes a book from the Old Testament and a book from the New with illustrations and 45 captivating stories. We have that for your minimum gift at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you'd like us to send either the John Rutter album or the Kingdom of God Bible storybook set to a loved one this Christmas, make your gift today as we still have time to get it to them before Christmas. Just give us their name, a Christmas greeting, and address, and we'll send that out with free shipping ASAP. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We can learn a lot during the holiday season. As we approach Christmas, tensions can begin to flare up in our homes. We say words that we immediately regret. Feelings can be hurt, relationships strained. It reminds us that we are sinners. The good news is that Christ came, and he's brought hope for needy sinners like you and me. In Mary's song from Luke 1, she gives abundant details on what Jesus' coming means for us. She's saying his mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, we may endure hard days filled with grief over our sins and failures, but Jesus gives mercy to those who fear him. Our sins may be great, but his mercy is greater. That's a Christmas miracle. Get daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.